Do you want to improve your time in the bedroom? Well, today we're going to talk about your sex life and we're looking at the factors that can help you to create a better sexual connection with your partner. Welcome to this episode of Mind, Body and Relationship Maze. I'm Tom Mackay. And I'm Angela Dukes. And today, uh, for Easter weekend, we're going to talk about sex. Well, and when you hear the word sex, you might have quite a lot of different responses there. Some people might feel very uncomfortable when they hear this. Um, other people find it quite easy to talk about sex, to read about sex, have conversations about it. So it really very much depends on your experiences when you were growing up, whether it was permissible to talk about sex with your parents, your siblings, <clears throat> with friends, for example, or at school, or whether you maybe had an upbringing where this was completely taboo and any kind of associations when talking about sex were really quite uncomfortable. So anyway, we'll talk about sex today as well. And of course, we could be spending hours talking about sex, but we're very, uh, we want to pick up one specific topic related to, um, to the topic of sex, which is the, the dual control model. Um, do you want to start off with that? Well, actually, I think just before we get into that, I think actually, because it's a really important topic, and I think in people in relationships particularly, mm. it's something that often goes unspoken, because maybe one of us has sort of fears about talking about sex, because mm. it's something that, that we, naturally most of us do feel is, well, we confine it to the bedroom, mm. in, both physically and metaphorically. So it's, it's one of these things that, mm. you know, it, it just, uh, it's almost like a secret part of our life. And so mm. it can be really difficult to talk about. And it's one of the things that we get asked um, quite frequently uh, from people kind of asking us to talk about mm. specific areas, which is why we're going to talk about this today um so it, it, and it's really something that is really important to address in a relationship so mm -hmm. feeling comfortable talking about it with your partner and to do that and as angela said it could be really helpful to have an understanding of some of the mechanisms mm -hmm. um that lead to that so uh, we're mm -hmm. going to be talking about uh, as you said the dual control model yeah so that's the idea that they are two different parts uh, of, our, of our system, so to speak, two different parts uh, within us that govern our response to sex. Um, we've got two different uh, systems in our body, in the same way that we've got two different systems uh, in our autonom autonomic nervous system. So our autonomic nervous system basically has two parts as well. One which kind of mobilizes us when we are uh, perceiving danger, uh, when we see a car coming out of the corner of our eye and we know we've got to run, that's when our uh, sympathetic, I always get it wrong, the sympathetic nervous system gets activated and we know how to run. So the whole body kind of mobilizes and all we know to do is to run. So that's one part of our body. And the other one is the sympath uh, sympathetic, sorry, the parasympathetic nervous system. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, so the parasympathetic so nervous over system my is, words. Yeah, it's, it's a really important part which essentially calms us down. So once we, the sympathetic nervous system is responsible for release of adrenaline and other hormones, it speeds the system up, mm -hmm. uh, it means we breathe faster, it means the heart rate goes faster, but we have to slow down. So the parasympathetic mm -hmm. nervous system is responsible for doing that. It helps 
uh, the, the re- release of, I believe it's noradrenaline to mm-hmm. help kind of reduce the adrenaline, to help kind of calm the system down, to slow mm-hmm. the breathing down and change the flow of blood around the system. Mm-hmm. And so we have this dual kind of mechanism mm-hmm. and we have this dual mechanism in, in many other systems in the body as well. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, if, if we get hot, uh, that's that's picked up within the body and we, we have functions that help us to cool down. For example, it may, might be like sweating that cools us down. So it very in a lot of systems in the body, we have this dual system. Mm-hmm. And, and I think what we're going to be talking about here is is just another type of system just like that, Mm -hmm. um, where we have the accelerator and the brake. Yeah, so we've got a a sexual acceleration system, that's the accelerator, that's the kind of system that gets us mobilized, that's part of us that's always scanning for sexual excitation, so to speak, kind of looking for opportunities. Is there something here uh, that I can see, that I can hear, that I can smell, that's turning me on, so to speak, that's getting me excited. And of course, this is happening uh, not necessarily always on a conscious level. It happens kind of in the background all the time that this part of our system, this part of our brain, is kind of looking for opportunities, as it were. So that's the bit that kind of gets us going, uh, moving towards uh, something that brings us excitement and pleasure. And the other part is the in, the inhi- sorry the inhibitor system. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, so so the, essentially like the break, and, and that's the part that um, essentially uh, will we'll do the reverse. That's the part that might be looking for threats around us. So that part that kind of slows down that sexual excitation or inhibits it because there may be a threat and th- those threats could be in various forms. I mean, the threats could be in terms of, uh, well, threats to our survival. Mm-hmm. It could be in terms of like hygiene or if... You know, for example, in, in in terms of relationships, if somebody meets somebody and there's fear of like um, an STD, is that the right term yeah, at the moment? Yeah, so, so essentially, yeah. these are the things that could could kind of put the brakes on, mm-hmm. um, but also other preoccupations. So mm-hmm. not just kind of threats, but if we're very preoccupied with other things that are going on in our life, then these things will put the brakes on, and essentially we're not going to have that accelerator. We're not going to have that sexual kind of excitement mm-hmm. in in the same way. It kind of reduces it. Yeah. So there's always this kind of interplay between these two these two um, systems at play: the accelerator and the brake. Um, and as Tom just said, so if there are if there are lots of situations that kind of stop us from from uh, from being excited, if the brakes are on, then basically you know nothing's going to happen. So for example, if I'm chronically stressed, or if I'm really not just chronically stressed, if I'm stressed, um, my whole body is kind of in a in a uh, is uh, activating for kind of fight or flight, for example. Um, then I might not. The last thing that might be on my mind might be to have sex. Although for some people it's quite the opposite. Actually, it could be the op- it could be it could actually accelerate accelerate their uh, their desire for sex in this moment. But if you are if you're really kind of preoccupied, so to speak, really really preoccupied, your mind is elsewhere, then your brakes tend to be firmly on, and you're not actually ready to kind of put your accelerator on. Yeah, and and to to get aroused, you have to put the accelerator on and take your foot off the brake essentially. Yeah. So you have to kind of have the accelerator and reduce the brakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like if you've ever tried driving a car, which uh, I had this thing when I first drove an automatic car, because normally I'm driven a manual car. Mm-hmm. First time I drove an automatic car, because 
I had the one foot on the accelerator, one foot on the brake at the same time, because that's what you in you know, with manual cars, you've got one on the clutch. Uh, and it's like you put them both on at the same time, it's like you're getting all this noise but not going anywhere. <laughs> so it's kind of, you know, that can be quite tiring as a metaphor as well. Yes, so that's right. you know, essentially you want the accelerator on the brake off. If it breaks on, mm. you know, it's you're not gonna get you're not gonna get anywhere or you're not gonna it's gonna be difficult getting anywhere Absolutely. with the arousal. Yeah. And generally speaking, um, I mean, this is, uh, you know, as far as we can generalize, and there are some generalizations sometimes that are helpful. So who do you think in the population is likely to have the brakes on more? Is it men or women? What do you reckon? Well, <laughs> could do that to you to guess. But... So, so generally, I mean, it does... It does seem from all the research, which is what we might count, what a lot of people might guess, is that um, women would tend to have the brakes on more, mm-hmm. more readily yeah. than men, and yeah. men are more likely to have the accelerator, but it does vary a lot. It does vary. And yeah. the extent that uh, we have that varies a lot. So these these are like traits. Mm-hmm. So like like we have personality traits, these traits in, in the way that uh, we respond sort of sexually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we may be born with them to a certain extent, but I think it's more likely that these develop as well. Yes. So through social conditioning, Absolutely. cultural conditioning, the messages we learn as children, um, even kind of a way we see other people interact. Uh, it's a bit like um, you know when we talk about an intelligence quotient, IQ, mm. or emotional quotient. Mm. Uh, you know, it's, it's a little bit like you know we might talk about these things. And um, I like to think with even with IQ that we can change that. Yeah. So any traits, I believe, we can change. We can kind of transform. Yeah. But it's that underlying kind of tendency towards that particular style. Absolutely. So it's kind of partly, I mean, why are we talking about this today? We're talking about it in order for you to kind of consider what happens for you? Do you have the, you know, what is it that uh, that uh, um, leads for you to have your brakes on, so to speak, or what gets you really excited? What are the two, what are the, what are the factors basically that kind of get in the way that might actually, where you firmly put your brakes on? What room and leeway is there to take your foot off the brakes, so to speak? And conversely, what is it that might um, get you to be more excited, to get your accelerator fully going? So what is it that contributes to, to getting you into, into that kind of state of mind, as it were? Um, so, so these are just sort of some, some reflection points for you to start. Mm. Yeah, and, and also when we're thinking about, you know, first of all, is it a problem? Because it's not yeah. necessarily a problem. So first of all, we can have problems as an individual or mm. we can have problems in a relationship mm. or it may not be a problem. So, you know, if, if you're an individual, mm. if you have a lot of break, that may not be a problem. Mm. You know, if you decide you, you're just not really interested in sex mm. and that's not an issue for you, that, that's absolutely fine. Mm. But if, if you have the breaks on a lot and you're constantly thinking, why am I like this? Why don't I have a sexual drive? that's where the problem is it's mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. part of us maybe does feel there's something not right or want mm-hmm. something different but we feel like breaks on all the time and, and in yeah. a relationship uh, we, it's another dimension because there are two mm-hmm. people involved mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. if one person has too much break the other person has more of the accelerator uh, so one person wants sex more regularly the other person doesn't want sex well that can really be a problem Absolutely. and you know in the long term that can be really difficult to sustain and can cause real problems in a relationship not just in terms of intimacy but in terms of actually sustaining that relationship because mm. if, if if we have differences in these dimensions between us it's going to cause a lot of tensions all around in the relationship 
Yeah, so that leads on to to um, to other to other topics that we've talked about before. It can lead to conflict, for example, in the relationship, um, particularly if it's unvoiced, if it's never talked about, and very frequently it isn't talked about in many relationships. So many couples, um, for the reasons that we mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, don't have these conversations. They find it really quite uh, frightening or intimidating to talk to their partner about. Um, sexual desire, about sexual frustration as well. It might come out very often uh, in this sort of passive-aggressive way that one partner is frustrated and kind of makes a remark, you know, sort of throw away remark that can be quite attacking. So it might come out um, in this sort of uh, in a defensive mode very often, yeah. And the defense uh, mechanism could play out in many different ways. It could be, um, you know, it could come out in a form of um, anger, so rather, you know, I, I voice my anger, I can't actually do this other than just shouting at you. It might come out in all sorts of forms of displacements. Uh, frequently what might happen in a relationship is that the partner who is sexually frustrated just removes himself from the relationship altogether, either by, you know, spending all their time uh, just to go with a gender stereotype here in the garage fixing their cars, yeah. You're talking about... Okay. <laughs> yes, or or it might be that they go out and have an affair with someone else, and and of course this is not just men. This happens with women too. So, or it might be that there uh, another form of defense mechanism must uh, might be sublimation. That's the sort of less uh, less frustrating form of defense mechanism where somebody creates great art. Uh, as uh, as a means of releasing their sexual tension. So sorry, this was a long run. So there are all sorts of ways in which this can manifest in the relationship. Yeah, and I, I think that's a really important point. The, the key point is you need to communicate it with each other. If you're in a relationship, it has mm. to be communicated. And sometimes that's that's tricky because of we feel kind of uncertain about how to do that. It's mm. very it, we feel it's very sensitive to talk about. Mm. Um, and so it's finding a way to do that comfortably and finding a time to do that that's right. Mm. So not when your partner's preoccupied. Finding a time you can both relax. If it helps, you know, going speaking with a therapist so you can do it mm. in, a, in a setting where it's safe, where somebody can help you talk about it. Mm. Or, you know, and sometimes it's like, well, how do we begin to talk about it? What do we do? And having some sort of guide can really help. Mm. Um, so there are books around that can take you through some ways to introduce the topic and some of the topics to address. Mm. Uh, it's also something that we talk about in our online course at therelationshipmaze.com. So we mm. do have um, a part of this where we do take you through some of the things to kind of address yeah. with that. Yes, having a conversation about sex and also one part that we're addressing is uh, something that uh, is often um, a frustration with many couples, many couples I work with, is that the sex disappears altogether, um, that there's basically no sexual contact uh, anymore in the couple, and that might be, might have been going on for years. So we also talk a little, uh, a little bit about how you can reintroduce sex into your relationship, where to start, and there are particular forms of exercises that you can do, safe exercises, um, that uh, very slowly and comfortably reintroduce you to the idea of having a sexual relationship with your partner. Yeah, and, and you know, there may be relationships that do turn more into kind of very good friendships and closeness, which can work fine. So yeah. it may not be a problem if yeah. neither person wants sex, but very mm. frequently uh, one person still does. Or And mm. I think one of the dangers is sometimes, you know, there are times where 
for various reasons, maybe to do with outside stresses or changes in a relationship, like after you've had children, yeah. uh, where sometimes you know sex may be put on hold for a while, or maybe there is more of a break for a while. Mm-hmm. And the danger is that that can become a pattern, mm-hmm. and pe- where people are thinking, well, I need to feel in the right place to have sex, and so. And that, when that's constantly on your mind, in a way that puts the brake on because you're thinking, Absolutely. am I in the right place or I'm not sure I feel in the right place. And I think it's a little bit like a fire is that you know, think of that kind of the actual um, the sexual drive, the accelerator, almost like the furnace or, you mm-hmm. know, I, I might call it passion as well, but that's mm-hmm. we wouldn't call it like that. Um, but, you know, gradually the fire will go out unless you kindle it a bit. So it's kind of, you know, actually even it's, it, putting aside those thoughts do I feel totally in the right space and actually mm-hmm. just spending that time, that intimate time and, and just, um, you know, mm-hmm. just, just kindling that fire, even when it may not feel kind of, you know, the best ever. And that's, that's also one of the things is mm-hmm. you know, one of the problems is always thinking that when you have sex, mm-hmm. it has to be perfect or it has to be the best ever. Yes. There's so many cliches about it, so many tropes, aren't there, about yeah. this whole idea of what it should be like. And, and lots of people think it has to be always amazing. It always has to be fantastic. Um, so there are many, many, many different ways uh, in which you uh, can experience and enjoy sex. So there isn't one way of doing it. Um, yeah. So it's setting. It's it's what you're talking about is uh, uh, is kind of context as well, isn't it? Sort of creating this kind of context always for enabling to have sex. And it might be, you know, uh, having the lights slightly dimmed. It might be um, having candles everywhere. Whatever it is that kind of gets you into this mood, without this expectation that it has to be fantastic, without any kind of shoulds. Basically, shoulds are never good. Without any any ideas about this is how it has to be. Because there, there is no one way in which it can be. There are many different ways. Yeah, so and exactly. And this is how you get the, if you've got too little accelerator. So if you feel that you haven't got the accelerator, this is some ways to get the accelerator going on what you're talking about. Yeah. So the moods, the things that you associate mm-hmm. to feeling desire or sensual. And, and if you're not sure what they are, it's about taking time to th- reflect mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. And actually, you know, just trying things out like... Mm. Is it kind of dimming the lights, putting on a piece of music? Is it having some sort of uh, fantasy, like you know, whether it's someone dressing mm. up or whatever it happens to be, you know, whatever whatever it is that you know, trying things and think, does does this work for you or not? And discussing it, you know, discussing this together with your partner, finding time mm. to think actually what helps them feel kind of uh, mm. stimulated, what helps them feel that accelerators going on. Yeah, and it might be quite helpful actually before you even have this uh, discussion as a couple to do it on your own, to do this exercise on your own, to kind of have a list of uh, accelerators and a list of breaks. What is it that kind of gets you going? What is it that stops you from wanting sex? What, and then you might want to share and see whether there is something that uh, that you can also do to help each other with either towards you know towards sex with the acceleration or also to kind of get you away from from the breaks so to speak yeah and frequently the breaks it's a lot of things like what are the stresses what are your fears what are what are the things on your mind so Mm -hmm. you're becoming aware of those and thinking how can i how can i put them aside or what can i do to help kind of deal with the stress for example Mm -hmm. you know how can i you know what are some of the techniques that might work for that Yes, plenty of ideas there. Yeah, yeah and there's some so things, that could be another podcast, couldn't it? Where yeah. we talk about that. Yeah, yeah. that's a good, yeah talking about some of these things that also would apply to other yeah. kind of stresses in our lives as well. So we can talk about 
some of those mm. techniques there. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I think also one thing that can be really useful are some of the ideas in mindfulness mm. where it's essentially being able to be more in the moment. So, again, you know, sometimes with the breaks, with kind of fears, with our preoccupation, mm. that that's essentially what we learn in mindfulness is how to be present in the moment. Because when you're present in the moment, mm. you're not preoccupied. Mm. You don't have fears. You don't have thoughts. And it's focusing on the sensations. So focus on the sensation of being there right at that moment. Mm. So one thing that I think could be really useful to help with this is, for example, just being with your partner and just touching and just notice what it feels like to be touched, whether it's kind of just gently stroking or moving kind of your hand across part of their body, mm. uh, whether it's even, you know, with a feather, yeah. Um, you know, using different, like make a feather and just noticing the sensations of that feather yeah. and just really focus just on that sensation. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So it's then the focus then is, is on the, as you say, on the here and now. What am I experiencing? What am I enjoying? What's my own pleasure in this moment? Uh, and it's kind of this focus away from uh, from achieving a goal, so to speak, isn't it? Because I think a lot of sex frequently for many people is very goal oriented. It's kind of getting to to that moment of um, of um, uh, orgasm, for example, this this idea that we have to achieve something together here. So if you step away from that and don't have any expectations that anything in particular is going to happen, it's more much more likely to happen if you kind of step away from this internal um, have to. Yeah. Yeah. So your goal essentially is uh, to have no goal. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Just do away with it and just enjoy. It's just the, the the focus is on enjoyment in this moment. Yeah. And the thing that really gets in the way is, like you said, the expectation. So mm-hmm. as we talked about already, if you expect it to be fantastic, amazing, if you expect it to be like uh, you've seen somewhere or kind of you've heard people talk about, well, then we may never really feel kind of that mm-hmm. we have what we're looking for. But essentially, that's just because we make up these expectations in our mind that are often unrealistic. Yeah. But when you're totally in the moment, when you're absorbed in the mm. sensations, when you're absorbed in that moment, then you know ultimately that that's all you need to really have that accelerate, to have that can be absorbed in the sensations of the here and now. Yes. So paradoxically, that's when you're much more likely to actually achieve the goal that you set out to achieve in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, another another exercise that I think can be uh, quite nice to practice as well with your partner mm-hmm. is just to kind of sit next to each other and just just breathe in time with each mm-hmm. other. So because mm-hmm. uh, our breathing essentially is very much connected to how we're feeling mm-hmm. and we can notice the speed of our breathing. When we just take time to be quiet and just breathe in time with each other, it's about just noticing the sensations of your breath and how do you feel as you breathe in and out in that mm-hmm. sort of same sort of unison together. Yeah, that's a really lovely thing to do. Great. Yeah, so have you got more to say? I mean, there's plenty more to yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about this more in another podcast. Yeah, I've got yeah. To, there's quite a lot more that we can kind of different angles that we can explore here. But yeah. well, let's, I think we've got now enough for now to get you thinking. So, so to start off with your accelerators and your brakes and to explore that a little bit further, I think it will take you quite a long way just to, to, to think about it from that perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so thank you for listening today. Uh, we hope there's some things here you can take away and kind of think about and maybe mm-hmm. kind of uh, try out in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and please do share this podcast. Please subscribe. And would love it if you leave a review. If yes, you leave please. Review, that would yes, be wonderful. please. That would be absolutely wonderful if we had a nice review. Yeah, and please tune into the next episode. Take good care. We'll see you next time.
Bye. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. If you'd like to find out more about creating great relationships, go to therelationshipmaze.com and I look forward to seeing you there. And remember to tune in to the next podcast.